You're listening to Barely on Topic with B.A. The biggest fraud of all is coming up. Nick. Here comes the bagel boy himself. Anthony. A puck goes over the glass. Every stupid player on the ice puts their hand up. Jeff. Then I moved to Canada. And Tim. Probably not. Episode 9. Episode 9? Yes, episode 9 of season 2 of Early in Topic. As you know, I've been away for a couple of weeks. Last week, Nick misspoke. I was actually very, very ill, as you can tell by my melodious voice. You guys miss me so much. I can tell by the way you look off into the middle distance, pretending I'm not here. (laughs) I just didn't really... I know I didn't need to contribute there, so... (laughs) I feel the love. We missed you, Via. We really did. Do you see what happened when Nick was trying to steer us? Come on. <laughs> there wasn't really a lot of direction there. It's okay. I mean, I was sitting there and I was like, should I cut some of this out or whatever? I'm like, no, no, we're just going to cut out all the silences and just put it all together. It's going to be fun. Oh, it's fine. It was fine. You guys got to talk about Tori Krug the week before, so that was fun. And then, and I listened to that episode. I listened to the episode. You know why? Because you listen to the episodes. No, no, because I didn't have to edit that one, or I wasn't part of it. I listened to it. I was like, okay, yeah. I did nothing with this episode. I just added to the count. I was so excited to come back last week and tell everybody about everything, and then I had literally no voice. And then I thought, well, I'll just be like a ghost in the background and just type things to make somebody talk as me. And then I couldn't even do that, because after a while, I was like, I'm just really just spent and dizzy and whatever. So, um, Fortunately, you're now over your your mean case of Ohio, and... Uh... Are here with us. You know, it is Ohio where I got ill. But I will tell you that I think that Columbus is actually a pretty interesting place. I did not get to do half of the weird shit that I had on a list. I had like a, a five pages of notes on my phone about what you I know. wanted to do, but I didn't really get to do very much of it because it was rainy and cold and damp and I, I ended up getting sick. So, you know, I, I believe you. I, I imagine it just suffers from a severe case of, you know, being in Ohio and sharing a state with Cleveland and Cincinnati. Mm. Well, you know, it's really interesting. I've been all around Ohio, except not Columbus, apparently. So we went to Columbus. We stayed in this hotel. I I needed a quirky hotel. Like, that's just what I need to do every once in a while. Like, I actually spotted the next hotel I want to go to in Cincinnati because it's round. It's a Radisson and it's round. And I want to stay there. And you know why I want to stay there? Because I want to run around, (laughs) run around the floors like I did in Edmonton. It was so fun. If you're ever in Edmonton, you've got to stay at like, what is it? The Chateau Lacombe? Stay there. It's a round hotel. You can run around the floors. It is so fun. Anyway, so we stayed in a place called the Lofts Hotel. It's like lofts. It felt like an apartment. I love hotel rooms that feel like apartments. And it was just the the heater was way too loud and way too forceful. And it it was not a great stay. But it was like two blocks away from, from the arena, which was really nice. So we could just walk down. Yeah, so saw the Columbus... Blue Jackets take on the Calgary Flames. They lost that game. There was no cannon, so I have to kind of go back and see a game there, which is fine because it's still cheaper than seeing a game in Boston. I had loge seats, or the equivalent of loge seats. I was probably eight rows up. I have some fantastic that's, photos. That's, that's a good height. Good height. You can, high enough you can actually see things besides what's immediately in front of you. <laughs> right, right, right. So it's like, uh, so it was actually really good seats. I got some great shots of torts and profile and stuff, and I was bummed. I got a picture with a cannon 
cannon. Well, not me with the cannon, with my husband with the cannon and the cannon itself. And the cannon is a Pokestop, by the way. Good to know. Kind of like the green monster is at Fenway Park. Yeah, see? There you go. And, oh my god, okay, get this. You get into the arena, and the concessions are on the concourse are nothing like the garden. The garden is, like, just jam-packed with concessions and, like, you know... $15 beers and all that shit. But they did have some local brews, so we tried that. They had a DJ, a DJ in the up in the concourse playing for us, and it was separate from the one that was in the stadium. It was so weird. It was so fun. They had a rumpus room, and down, oh yeah, I didn't even get to Nashville. Nashville, they had, like, air hockey. You could play air hockey while you were waiting for the game. I love air hockey. I usually get hurt. Like, my pinkies, like, usually get hurt when I play it, because I put my pinky down when I shouldn't. Don't do that. You guys... Could you sound <laughs> interested in what I'm talking about? Pinky's outs for tea. No. I'm saying, like, you're, you're saying the, about the uh, about Nationwide, I've heard that it's one of the nicest arenas in the league, and that sounds it's, great. Let me <laughs> tell you, what they did inside is actually really, you know, the scoreboard and all the, the, the visual stuff is really beautiful. It is, like, high def. It's, like, super high def. It's gorgeous. But the seats, the seats are tiny. They are tiny. Oh. I mean, I'm only 5'4", and I was having trouble, you know, um, just, like, not banging my my legs into the seat in front of me. Oh, no. Yeah, the seats are very tiny. That would go badly for me. It would, yeah, it works badly for a lot of people, okay? (laughs) Um, But it is a really nice arena. See, what we're doing now is, um, it's kind of like a lifelong goal, or however many years this takes. We're going to go see games in every arena. You know. It takes longer to double back because there'll be new arenas for some teams. Like Edmonton well, already, you have to go back to. Right, so I go run around in the hotel, the Chateau Lacombe, <laughs> which is actually closer to the arena than, it, um, like, uh, the arena is closer to it than it used to be because you'd have to take, like, the the underground over there. And now you can just really literally walk down the hill from the hotel to the arena. So now I, you I, have to stay there. Yeah, I have to stay there. I love it. And they have a rotating restaurant. Like, I was apparently born to be in, like, uh, born in the 50s or something, or in the 30s or something, because I, I love all this. You were born to grow up in the world that Epcot told us would happen, basically. Apparently. And so, okay, so, get, yeah, we have to go back to Edmonton, and we never went to Joe Lewis, and we're not going to do that this year, and that's okay. Um, so we'll, we'll make all these trips, but we got two down on this one. We've got the garden, and now, oh, and Glenn's collecting pucks from each of the places, and we're going to com- commemorate it with, like, tickets and stuff and do that nice. in a nice way so so that we can show that we've been to these places, and it's going to be really fun. So, oh, so Columbus, like, it has some really nice spots. I ran into, like, an old-school industrial guy, which was really cool. I mean, it's not often that you go into, like, a convenience store and you hear somebody talking about, a band that you're pretty sure that most people have never, ever, 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 ever heard of. Oh, that kind of industrial. Okay. And then you're just like Slovenian, you know, you're like, uh, the guy was saying Leibach. I'm like, Leibach? Like the Slovenian industrial, like metal industrial band. It's like, yeah. I'm like, really? And then the, the other guy's like, what's that other band? And blah, blah, blah. I'm like, uh, he did some descri- description. I'm like, Einstrotente Neubauten. And he's like, yeah, that one. I was like, not often that I get to bust that out on Thanksgiving in a convenience store. So that was pretty cool. So, anyway, and uh, that was a lot of fun. I think we bought some dubious alcohol there or something. But anyway, um, yeah, Columbus was pretty cool. I want to go back. There are a lot of things I want to 
to check out um, when it's warmer and I'm not deathly ill. Uh, Nashville, Nashville, I had a, a similar problem where I had like a bum ankle, but it, it kind of hampered me a little bit. And I realized that the hotel was was uphill from the arena, but it was still not that far. It was like, you know, a couple blocks down the hill. Now, Nashville, what was going on? They had the air hockey thing going on. The concessions were not that great at all. What was really funny to me was the people that were in our row. They completely sucked. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. what? Like, like how? Um, just... They did this thing where it was kind of like they visited. Okay, first of all, they the people who were to my right did not show up until two minutes left in the, at the end of the first period. Oh. Right? And then they took their time about getting to their seats. All right. So then we go off during the intermission to go do whatever. We come back. They're not there. And I'm like, okay, whatever. Well, they come um, uh, come in like halfway through the period. And the woman comes up to me, right? And she goes, she goes like this actually to Glenn. She's like, you're in my seat. It's like, no. Glenn's getting frustrated because he's like, well, no, I'm going to get my ticket out. This is, we've been sitting here the whole time. She said, you're in my seat. You should get out of my seat, blah, blah, blah. Because her friends sat in two seats right next to them that weren't her, their seats. They just sat in them. It's like they, they just thought they could visit wherever they wanted. They, they often went down to the other part of the section and then they'd come back and it was just weird. And it was just like, okay. So I stood up because she had to pass me and it was hard to get by my knees. So I stood up and she looked me in the eye had to look up a little bit and i just gave her the look like what are you doing like it wasn't even a really menacing look it was just like what are you doing these are our seats we've been here the whole time i don't know what you're doing she was really drunk she was like she was thinking about it and then she's like oh no i'll just sit sit down like yeah why don't you just sit in your seat over here she kept trying to apologize to me that wasn't happening um because i just didn't give a shit at that point i was just like just watch the game you know she introduced herself and i'm like that's great I want to watch the game. And then she and her friends continued to do this for the rest of the game. Come back and forth, go visit down in the other part of the section, come back. And it was just like, oh my God. And people in Nashville, they kind of mosey around when they're on foot. But as soon as they get in the car, it's like all bets are off. Like they've got to go as fast as they can. I swear to God. It's like, why don't you just be kind of like the same speed? All oh, it's the way either, they're either sauntering or they're NASCAR. Okay. It seems, mm-hmm. very, it seems very Southern. Yep, I mean, people were pretty friendly down in Nashville, and I had hot chicken, which was awesome. I only had it once. It was great. I loved it. Um, so it was, it's an interesting place, but it, again, it wasn't really warm down there. It was like hovering in the low 50s, but it was very windy. You know, I guess I should just be glad that we weren't caught in the fire or anything, but you know, uh, Louisville was great. I learned that I, I actually do like bourbon. Yeah, that's a good thing to know, right? I never really yeah. thought I did, so but I will tell you down on Main Street it does just smell like bourbon. Like the like the air is just filled with bourbon. It's hard to get dinged for D for for DUI there again. <laughs> you know, I saw I saw something I've never seen anywhere else in, in um, down in Louisville, right in front of our hotel. By the way, hotels down there are the or you know were near very cheap, very neat, like cool hotels. Um, you know, I could see that they'd probably bring a really high price around Derby time. But anyway, you know, in late November, uh, it's pretty cheap. I saw a car drive down the street with at least one of its tires off. I'm talking just the metal scraping on the road that's a that's how you ruin a rim yeah it was like sparked flying and it, it was the worst sound you could imagine and it was just like I, well i could check that off my list i've seen that now so yeah so how is the hockey um preds won did you bring us back a um uh, a bounding gag to our roman yossi 
I did not bring back a bound uh, gagged R- Roman Yossi at all. Essentially, is what you're saying. Cool. Oh my god. Mm. Oh, I misinterpreted that. Um, I saw somebody in Centennial Park who looked vaguely like him when I went for a walk earlier that day and I kept like staring at him and the poor guy I mean if it was Roman Yossi and I just didn't recognize him that was my chance but uh, I don't think it was him it was just you have your ether ready to go at a time like that damn it (laughs) <laughs> I knew I forgot to pack something. Um, <laughs> I did. I did get my Yossi T-shirt. The fabric is very, very thin, so I have to wear something under it. So weird. And I just want to say, old pal PK Subban. Not sure that he's not up to his old tricks. Gonna need. He's gonna need this year in Predsville to just kind of calm down and not be a hab. He was doing some sketchy stuff on the ice, but he scored to- twice. Two times power play goals. It was amazing. So I got it to see the long, long time to get habness out of players. I guess it was before you were watching much, but that one season when uh, Benoit Pouliot was in Bruins, uh, it was a good half season before he was uh, before he finally stopped playing all habby. I believe time. it. I believe it. I believe it. So it's going to take a little time, but they did have some totally cute t-shirts down there at the pro shop with the like a ca- cartoon-like uh, a character face of him. It was very cute. I wish I had taken a picture of him. But... And no, Glenn did not buy either the Neil or the Ribeiro. Ribeiro looks really sickly. Like, he I always mean, he's has. A- he's, he's, he's a scrawny, scrawny fucker. I don't know how he's made it, managed to still be alive in the league in 37. Oh my like, god, I didn't gonna even- be, That's going to be a miracle. <laughs> All I could think of is... Well, except the exact opposite of a miracle, really, because it's Ribeiro. Yeah, God, he's awful piece of <laughs> trash. And he just looks like a drowned rat. Kind of looked like Ren, but, like, but drugged out more. I mean, I don't know. But, he, God, they like him down there. Ugh, I don't know. Really? Ugh. <sighs> I mean, they love Neil down there. <sighs> but, you know, you have, like, Mike Fisher and Roman Yossi and, and P.K. Subban, like, kind of, like, on a lot of the stuff around the stadium, so that's cool. Um, and Pick and Renee. And I really, you know what, what's really wonderful about going to see games is you can really see how players actually play. Like, on TV, you only get a, a certain representation of it, and when you get to see a game live, you really get to, to understand what's going on a lot more, because stuff is not always on TV. I don't like Renee's style. He plays far too far out in front of the net most of the time and it leaves some spaces really vulnerable he really relies on having better defensemen you know that game he i don't think he let anything in luckily but it was just uh yeah that was against the bolts the bolts they just they couldn't get anything going that game but it's been case for a while now the bolts have just been like temporary free fall for a few weeks now yeah 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 well stamkos is out but he's not the end all to be all they they've been dealing with that for like parts of the Strawman's probably the bigger problem. Yeah, I think he was out. Yeah, a lot of things are going on with him, but they don't really deal with him very well, especially not on the road. But anyway, yeah, I just don't, I don't really like his style of goaltending. It just, he seems to be a little too far out in the net for me. And it's like, I know that Tuca can do that from time to time, but I'm kind of used to it. No, no, I mean, Pekka, it's just, it's different. It's, he's just way too out. He's aggressive, but doesn't have the skill to make up for that, for that aggression. Is that a way to put, a good way to put it? I think that's a pretty good way to, to put up. Uh, put it yeah i can see when people say that renee is um overrated yeah he relies more on his defense um than he should at times i mean you should rely on your defense you are the last resort but still yeah well see that um, he came out playing behind 
Weber Suter as a pairing um, when both of them are younger. And, you know, among the other gold players, the guys that played in front of him when he got that money, guys like like a young Dan Hamhuis, for example, was on that, was, was a pred too. Uh, probably pushing too far back for Verzidleski and certainly too far back for Timonen. But, you know, point being, he had some really good guys out in front of him when he was younger and he learned to play for that team with them. So now he's good. There's a great defense in front of him, but it's a completely different complexion. Yeah, and it's going to take a little while for it to gel a little bit more. And and, and it's about and it's about a defenseman adjusting their playing style. Mm-hmm. Um, just after last week, after um, uh, Gerard Gallant was fired from Florida, I read something that talked about how uh, he and and his pretty old staff, so John Madden, who was fired at the end of last season, one of his assistants, had basically who, who and Madden was basically their defensive co- defense, the defense coach. They had the defenseman and uh, Luongo practicing specifically to complement one another. And this is part of the reason why why they think that Reimer's been so bad this year. Mm. Because the defense is largely playing to a fit, to, uh, largely playing to cover the things that Luongo can't do and leaving the things that they know Luongo can save up to Luongo. Right. And that's exactly not what Reimer does. Right. Right. The Reimer and Luongo are not the same person. Funny how that happens. Yeah. Well, goalies are quirky and different. Everyone is a different flavor. Yeah. And you need your defense needs to be prepared to play in front of other ones when it comes to it. And incidentally, that sort of down a Bruinsy thing's like, huh, I wonder if that's why our backups have been so shit since Chad Johnson left. Oh, you think that they're playing to Tuca's strength and not the, the backups? Because we've been going through backups like fucking water, right? Well, I, Which is I, part of why they resigned specifically Hudobin, right? It's because, like, okay, well, if you go back there here, sure, have most of our defense never played in front of Hudobin, but... Well, you know, I, I kind of always think that backups, they kind of want to have their chance, don't they? Backups are, and backups got to be one of the hardest positions in the game. Yeah, I, and so so basically, Hudobin had his chance. He never really sealed the deal, and he came back to a place where he was liked and respected, and he could, and, and he, I guess, enjoyed the coaching style. I mean, I think he and Tuka really get along. Probably a couple hundred, two, a couple hundred thousand too much per year for two years, but not overly so. Yeah, and, it's, and I think that's why the Bruins brought him back. You know, there's the, there's there's about needing a, a goaltender that met the requirements for exposure as well but specifically Dobie because we could have found other backup goaltenders for that ones right. that are actually probably more reliable overall than Dobie is but yeah someone that knew the coaching style and the and at least some of the defensemen and as a result could accommodate that and it was always better suited to, to accommodate that but on the other hand we only have two well three technically yeah three defense no actually shit Krug never played in front of Dobie it's a whole new world yeah because uh yeah, yeah Krug never played in front of Dobie so really it's just it's just Z and uh, McQuaid, who who played who who played in front of Doby when he was on when he was on the, with the Bruins before. Right. So. Yeah. Uh, I think it's going to take a little time to figure all of that out. Obviously, how many years? It, it was it just a one year deal for Doby or this time around it's two years. Yeah. Okay. I'm not going to worry too much about the past stuff, but it, it is an interesting point that you know Doby is taking uh, a little time to get reacclimated, I guess. And there's a lot of there are a lot of puzzle pieces. It, that need to be put in place for well, that. You know, apart from his first start, of his, he hasn't had many. He's only had, what, five, four, four or five starts now? And he's only got his one win there, which was on Thursday. But apart from that first game he played against, uh, I think that was Montreal? No, no, the Toronto, rather, not Montreal. Toronto, he okay. yep. He was okay in the, Mon- in the Montreal game. The Toronto game, apart from that one, he was been good, even despite only picking up the one win so far. He also, the injury didn't help. No, yeah. no, the injury did not help him at all. But we're glad he's back. That way... Zane can get some more time in Providence and 
Toby can back up Tuca, and everybody's happy for another year or two. At least until such a time as the team washes its hands of Malcolm Subban at the end of this year, which I'm certain is what's going to happen at this point. <laughs> oh, Malcolm. I wanted him to work out. I because know. he's a Subban <laughs> of nothing else. Yeah, you hope that a little of the magic rubs off on him. But, oh, well, you know what? It's not an easy position to play, and nope. it's not easy nope. to... It takes well, a while. You don't draft goalies in the first round. Oh. I mean, sure, Tuka, Vasilevsky, and Price. Okay, I'm going to shut up. You shouldn't draft goalies in the first round. How about that? I wonder how much of it, though, with him is the injury coming back from it. And yeah. Maybe he's healthy, but at the same time... He was playing some great hockey before he took that puck to the throat. He was, and he hasn't seemed to get it get it together since then. You know what? I'm not going to think too hard on that right now, because I think we have other things to, to, to worry about. So we'll, we'll get to the Malcolm stuff when it seems to be more apparent, although I wouldn't say that you're too far off with him, but I don't really want to think about that right now. Just just, that's observation strictly. Right, right. You don't want to see people that you've invested some kind of time and energy into just fail, right? Right. So, hockey vacations, fun. I enjoy them. I kind of wish we could have had a a third game in there somewhere, but that's okay. Yeah, and we're going to try to do it when the Bruins are actually playing these teams. You have to go to Vegas for a hockey vacation now, too. Ugh. Do I have to? Do I have to? Well, no, not until next year. Next year? I, yeah, I know, but I, you know. You just, you just work it into the same trip that gets the, you know, the, the, the ducks and kings and, 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 and sharks. And I might have to be a big one, just commit to it because you're already out there. I, you know, I think we were thinking about pairing it up with uh, Arizona. Maybe Arizona and uh, Colorado. Because I think the, the California teams will just all do in a row. Oh, yeah. Colorado's a hard one to work in anywhere else anyway, so. Oh, and oh my God, I'm going to have to see a game in Minnesota. <sighs> Hate Minnesota. Uh, put, put it off long enough, and maybe by then they'll have they'll have they'll have restructured their team in a very big way, and it'll be more interesting. Maybe, maybe, maybe I won't hate them as much. Okay, we'll put that off. All right, but we're not here to necessarily just talk about my hockey vacation. We're here to talk about the Bruins. Shall we go into a game of, of the week? Okay. Yes, game of the week. We're talking about uh, the game that happened yesterday. We're recording on Sunday. It happened up in Buffalo, which has their arena has a new name. I don't know what it is because it used to be like the first Niagara or something, and now it's different is it not first niagara center anymore i thought it, i thought it still was it used it. to be hsbc and that and then became first niagara i thought i'll go look it up because now i brought it up and i'm stupid like that okay while you're doing your legwork we had other games this week too and uh, we came out of this week with uh well not counting last sunday um uh, five out of possible six points so that's uh it's the pretty key bank big. center now hmm? the key bank center oh ah, i was right changing their friggin' name more than ottawa's arena is um, was First Niagara a bank because Key Bank could have bought them out and then bought the naming rights? Uh, uh, sort of like the, sort of like how Fleet became TD. Probably. <laughs> yeah. It, yeah. Okay. So, yes, the team played, Bruins played Buffalo yesterday, and we uh, we won that game. Yes, definitely. It was um, a good game. It did it's not go into OT, which was nice. Yes. Um, and uh, a couple of the people that have been struggling to score, um, two individuals we expect to score a lot, namely. Um, uh, uh, David Krejci, and possibly more importantly in this case, Patrice Bergeron, got each got their fourth goal of the season. Oh, yes. Yes, I have that written down. Uh, can I just say, do you know who had an assist on that Krejci goal? Brandon Carlo. Brandon Carlo did. Brandon Carlo Racine had one. Yes, I just wanted to... I, there was like a distinct lack of talking about him over the last couple of weeks. I just kind of wanted to make 25 great again, you know? Yes. We, we, were just, we were just keeping our powder dry for you, you know? Well, um, I didn't see that goal, but I, 
I remember getting the update on my phone. Initially, the score had given the goal to Carlo. Uh, Jack called it as Krejci right away. It was pretty obvious. As the, as was the it? Deal. Okay. Anyway, I just wanted to bring him into the conversation. And in terms of things that are relevant to VA's interest, the other the secondary assist went to David Backus as well. So uh, Yeah, Backus! <laughs> Backus to the future. Charity work yeah. is fantastic. I love him. For once, <laughs> you mean that literally, too, because it is. <laughs> It is. It is. Oh, did you know that he lost one of his doggies? I saw that. The, uh, the, the It made pack. me so sad. I don't know him, but I know what it feels like, and it really, really sucks. So, David, I, I feel for you. I really do, because we've both gone through this. But anyway, yes. So, Bacchus, yep. I, I, I know that there's... Like we're not all in agreement about Bacchus, but I I like Bacchus on this team. I I really actually love talking uh, talking. I love hearing him talk about things. I think that he's like he's really kind of in a way. It feels like he's been here for quite a while. He says a lot more in interviews than other players do, and I like that a lot. Yeah, he's interesting. Incidentally, Riley Nash also says a lot more in in like the in like the between the period interviews than mm. um, than other players do. I was like, holy shit, Riley Nash! You're not reading from the Hockeybot mixtape right now. <laughs> <laughs> this is the Hockeybot mixtape. Put yeah. pucks on net. Drive <laughs> drive down the center. <laughs> blah 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 blah. Blah. Oh my god, that would be so fun to take a whole bunch of audio and do that. Maybe when I have more time over the summer. <laughs> oh, so it would be, wouldn't it be so great to, eat, to have a hockey bot mixtape? Yeah, just play it every once in a while. Yeah, Riley Nash, the guy who sounds like he should be a complete stoner to me, has interesting things to say. He smiles a lot too. A little I mean, he's still saying, you know, I'm a standard hockey boilerplate, but there's definitely more substance to it than the usual exact same words put in together in different orders. So. Mm. Yes. And uh, Bergie also had a goal, which was quite nice. Um, he was very ill. You could look at him. You could see that he didn't look very well at all. No, no. But uh, the alternative was apparent. Well, And, of course, uh, the other big thing about that game is Anton Bleed got his first NHL game. Yep. Making him the first of our draft class from 2013 to um, uh, play a... Uh, an NHL game, which is, uh, it's not great. Uh, now for the, the listeners, the other draftees that that particular draft class were um, uh, Linus Arneson, uh, Peter Solarek, Ryan Fitzgerald, Wiley Sherman, and uh, Mitch Dempsey. Wow. Uh, I got to tell you, from what I've seen of Linus Arneson, I don't want to see him with the big club. Yeah, it doesn't, that's sort of what I've picked up. Uh, we never signed Mitch Dempsey. Probably shouldn't have drafted him. He proceeded to get cut from his OHL team the next season. Oh, that's not good. I did see him play in the queue the year after that, and he struck me as very more Pie-esque than I had expected. He was faster than I was led to believe he was. Still no, still stone hands. Possibly stone all the way up to the shoulder. Just like, but... Um, <laughs> Maybe he's an onyx. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe he's a geo dude. <laughs> <laughs> Probably an onyx because they don't really have arms. So add another one. So artisan, we don't want to see him with the big club ever. Um Solarik's been decent actually in his, his debut AHL season. And then the other two guys haven't been signed yet. Fitzgerald is a senior at BC. Wiley Sherman is a junior at Harvard. Now was Fitzgerald related to somebody on the Bruins? Okay, so Fitzgerald's a complicated one. This came up, I think, maybe last episode. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> his dad, Tom Fitzgerald, is the assistant GM of the of the Devils. And mm. his uncle is one of our scouts, or head scouts, I think. Mm. And uh, I think he's a cousin uh, Jimmy Hayes, actually. Oh, God, that's a complicated thing. All right, well, we shall never talk of this again until it Such becomes Such times relevant. he signs or doesn't or whatever. Yeah, so, all right. 
Fitzgerald. Oh, good would... hometown boy. Uh, you know what? Do we really need to have all the hometown boys? I don't think we want to be that team. We got a we got a good number. You know, people. people the one, one of the ones we have, people. A lot of people would like to see go away. Yes, and we did get to see him not in the lineup yesterday, right? Yeah, yeah, we did, and that's how we got got to see uh, Anton Bleed in his first game. Oh, and Pileski left the game, right? So Bleed got moved up the depth chart. Right. Bleed ended up spending a lot of the game as third line left wing instead of fourth line. And right. It, yeah. And at one point, he led on shots on goal. Ooh. I remembered hearing that, but yeah, Pileski left. I hope that he's not too badly injured it was a lbi i think yeah anton bleed had okay so he was underwater in terms of the shot attempts he had a uh, nine uh, attempts four and 14 against at five on five mm. um i'm assuming he didn't play much in the way of special teams but uh mm. no i don't think he did uh so you know he could have been better but again he was, you know he's a i think he's a fifth rounder or a sixth sixth rounder i think yeah yeah He's uh, after Sherman before Dempsey, but he wasn't here to look bad out there. He's got he's, he's got some snarl to him. He's a little he's feisty. He's an agitator, right? He's a he's an Esa, he's an Esatikinen type. It's uh, how I, the analogy I've seen before. Okay. Oh, bloody, oh, Huh? <laughs> the song. That's gotta oh. be his nickname. Oh bloody, oh bloody. Uh, life goes on. Oh, 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 life goes on. I think Tim should just sing every episode, just a little bit. <laughs> I really the Beatles. He's I... got to be a Beatles fan. But anyway, uh, Bolesky only played um, <laughs> five forty-four, and uh... yeah, I think he went out in the second. Uh, I didn't remember seeing him in the second. I, I nope. kind of walked in on that the was second. Total, that was total time on I said. So he, only, he didn't even make it all the way through the first. Okay, yeah. So I, I didn't you know, see him. About this is a uh, we're starting to. Our depth starting to look a little lean on the left side. Yep. Because we've already sure. we've already been flimsy there with Spooner playing in the left wing, and we've, we've been down the road, so I'm just going to leave it be for now. You know, you know, with Schaller playing up on the freaking crazy line, which you know, Tim Schaller, love him, doesn't belong there. But who does at this point? Um, Frank Petrano, should he ever come back? Actually, but oh yeah. god damn it, that's right, Frank. <laughs> like I see Frank Petrano on like everything, like I'm behind the B. You know, he did like the the fancy. He's got, like, he's got some time on his hands right now, you know. Yeah, he's not using the scooter anymore, so that's good. Um, Apparently, he's about two weeks ahead of schedule. Is what I'm is what I'm hearing. So it's uh, he could be here before the end of the month. Right. Okay. Okay. I keep I keep forgetting that we have people in the wings, including my beloved Noel Achari. Pride of Rhode Island going to come back. Chari and, and Chari skated with the skated with the team uh, before they tra- before they tra- he and Chara both skated with the team practice before they traveled to Buffalo. So it's probably close as well. I am actually really surprised that the, the defense is holding up as well as it has been since Chara has been out. Yeah, you see, it's weirdest thing. It's looked wor- better since we lost Lyles than before. <sighs> oh, and I don't know how to figure that one out because Lyles is you know good. Is it? Do you think it's a, a matter of people just like overachieving at this point? Krug has been busting ass something fierce. That's been a big part. Somehow Kevin Miller has been quietly competent, playing on his off on his offside and right and right hand right shot defensemen generally don't do so well playing on their offside. Left shot left shot defensemen can do it all, do well because they do it all the time. Yeah, but your alternative is putting Carlo there, and I wouldn't do that. He's comfortable in his spot. And um, McQuaid's bad enough on his own side. So yeah. I- Let's just put it this way. I could. Oh, I am a left shot. The Bruins need me. I can't <laughs> skate, but I can play left defenseman. Sure. Uh, no. Uh, seriously. Uh, no. D- uh, McQuaid. <laughs> 
<laughs> is there any conversation that results with, with anyone saying anything other than, uh, McQuaid and there shaking their heads? And he, their hand- there was a stretch there where he was looking not awful. Oh, uh, in that second pairing, but um, that was mostly Krug. We know Krug plays better with Ke- with with Kevin Miller than he does with McQuaid because Kevin Miller is objectively better than McQuaid. You can punch your size sometimes. Yeah, I gotta tell you, I honestly think that if you, <laughs> I I often think about Krug standing on McQuaid's shoulders and there being one mega defenseman, one mega defenseman. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, if you put, like, Carlo on, like, Chara's shoulders, you get, like, two defensemen, big mega defensemen. Carlo on Chara's shoulders, you could pretty, you duck underneath the scoreboard. God, that, oh, ow, that would hurt. (laughs) So, you know, it's like, so I I have these really unconventional ways of thinking of things. I guess I kind of think McQuaid needs to be out there for his size to kind of not let everybody run all over crew. It's it's kind of an antiquated notion. And and one other thing I want to comment on is uh, this bottom pairing. Moro and Chiller. <laughs> it's not great. I am falling off the Chiller thing really quickly. I mean, it's not helping him to play with Moro, but I just see Chiller Honestly, making some real mistakes that he, he really should do at this point. They're both bad. Oh, yeah. I've already written off Moro. We've talked about that. Yes. Uh, but I wasn't quite on the, yeah, I'm done with <clears throat> Chiller thing, and, but I'm getting there. I'm getting there really quickly. Wow. And- just looking at their, their possession, the two of them that game, despite I thought they played most of the minutes together, apparently they must not have. Chiller had a 5-on-5 five five um, possession, and of course he four at 58.6%. That's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you take the good with the bad. That's good. Mistakes. Those are bad. That's Joe Morrow, on the other hand, had a possession of 41.67%. That's, That's not really good. Bad. That sounds more like they played against one another. <laughs> Maybe they did. <laughs> Well, you know, actually watching them, it kind of seems like that sometimes. <laughs> I think they did. That's just what they're doing. Uh, like, uh, 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 is there really anything more that you can say about the two of them t- separately and then put them together? It's just like, oh, fuck, man. I, I just don't have time for this shit. You know what I mean? It's like, I, I got to move on to something more positive well, and it. happy. You know, and here's the thing. is Chiller, generally speaking with Lyles, was Lyles was, was um, plenty good at picking up for Chiller's mistakes. Mm-hmm. Um, but now it's exposed. Yeah, he's, he's, he's very exposed, which I'm guessing is why he was the one, he, which is why at first when, when Chara went down, Chiller was the one getting scratched over Moro, I guess that's why. And in retrospect, that actually is not a bad choice. Yep. But now that you're stuck playing both of them, and to be fair, you are stuck playing both of them because we saw O'Gara's got promised, but he's not there yet. Same with Grizz. That's why they actually called up freaking Tommy Cross. To, he'd be the seventh defenseman yesterday. He's already back in Providence. He's, he, he played the, he's playing the game that's going on right now. But I didn't even know he got called up. I it honestly. Right. It was only Mark Diver that mentioned it. Mark Diver and um, Cap Friendly are the only places that I saw any mention of it. Yeah. He does okay in Providence, but I'm not sure I really want to see that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Not well, when... And the other choices are Alex Grant and O'Gara and um, Grelchik. I'd like to see Grelchik get a, get a shot just to see what he's got, but I'm guessing he doesn't have it yet. Are you talking about Grislyk? Uh, and then Arneson and Casto. Yeah. Uh, under uh, the circumstances, your choices are Cross and O'Gara. Yep. Char and Lyle, anyway. well soon. Yes, yes. Well, Char is almost there. Not quite, but almost. Yeah, so any other takeaways from the uh, Buffalo game? Well, the only other one, again, is that um, McQuaid, that was d- dumb, what you did there to let that Evander Kane goal happen. The other thing, after this game, 
That did leave us uh, third in the Atlantic right now with uh, 29 points. Oh my god. Seemed like we were stalled out for such a long time. Yeah, and we didn't really didn't really feel like we came around. It just the last week, which of course going back to Sunday, so that's going adding extra gain, that's seven out of eight points. Which is weird because this last week didn't feel like that good of a run at the time while it was going on. Oh wow, we are really in the third. And we've played the exact same amount of games as Montreal and Ottawa. We are only seven points behind uh, Montreal, despite their fire start and only three wins behind that's not bad we're quite close behind auto only three points um and tied them in our in, in, in regulation overtime hmm. and uh, while we are tied with tampa right now uh, tampa's been not very good yeah yeah yeah. let me look at that we have a game in hand on tampa though oh we do have a game in hand you're right yeah so that's why they're down in the wild card and we're not yeah. wow i'm just it was, it was the game in hand but then of course we're Tied on the next tiebreaker, which is the ROW. Not that it matters at this point. And I think from there it goes to goal differential, not or does it go to head, or does it go to the head-to-head matchup next? I can never remember what the sequential tie tiebreakers are once you get down the list. But anyway, point being, right now third in the Northeast, Atlantic, Northeast, whatever the fuck we're calling this division now. Well, I, I guess you guys are calling it the Northeast, Northeast. Yeah. Well, you know what? I, I forgot this one thing too. Bruins got their first loser point this week. Yeah. They have either uh, they've either won in overtime or they've not gone to overtime. And then this week they they lost once in overtime. Yeah. That loser I mean, point sucked too because didn't the shootout go to like eight or nine rounds or something? Yep, it did. And it did. that was the game of the two shootouts this week where the Bruins played much better in the re- in the rest of the game. Yep. yep. Um, compared so to Carolina, where we got where we stole where we stole that point at the end. Good job, Hudobin, for finally getting your first win on the season. Yeah, yeah. So, um, but I, I think it's it, it's fascinating to me that it, they've gone this far without actually getting twenty four games. I guess and you see the thing, but it's because games. it's a ridiculous scoring system in this league, that's how you miss the playoffs sometimes. I mean, that's our right is is not having this these loser point stuff. I'm uh, hold, supporting you up. No, no, no. I'd much rather just win in overtime. Let's oh, just of do course. it. Of course, yes. But you know, if we're gonna lose. I want to lose in overtime. Right. Obviously, but. Uh, Right. Like, really though? Columbus, for example, they have four OTLs. Um, yep. Oh, <laughs> I was just looking in... at them because they're very analogous. Yeah. And uh, Bruins handed them two of their five actual losses. There's that too. Yes. yes we have, yeah. But point being, yeah, they uh, they're a funny one because they're in the same position in their division as we are in ours, but they got on the back of a whole shitload of uh, of them uh, overtime losses. And yeah. they also have two games in hand on us as well. Yeah. I mean, they have yeah. the same number of wins, so yeah, they actually would be in a good position regardless. But um, the Metro is a better division than the, in the event we discussed that before that we would actually be competitive in the Atlantic because the Atlantic sucks dog balls yeah and if you're looking at overtime losses Ottawa's ahead of us in Montreal and they only have two overtime losses each mm. so but yeah so things aren't looking too bad right now despite our, our defense being in the belly of the beast right right but as we were going in and then we went around and now we're going to go back into the main topic um what the hell is going on with the scoring why why is this team scoring so few goals and why are they winning like by like the skin of their teeth. Yeah. I mean, this has been happening in various ways for, or it's been happening for years and stuff, but it just seems so magnified this year. This team right now is. It's exactly the team that people complained about Claude making it for years, and, and yet until now has never been fucking true. Yay, we got what we wanted. Yeah, I mean, they're only scoring. This is what you get complaining radio colors. This is what you get. <laughs> 2.3 goals a game, and thanks to Tuca, they're only giving up 2.2 a game. Yeah, the team shooting percentage right now is 5.94. Oh, Eddie even saying I only put it in all situations. Oh, I mean, it's so much better. 6.89. Second, the only, the only team that's shooting worse than us is Buffalo. Meanwhile, we are, of course, uh, um, 
sixth in, in save percentage. So, yeah, our problem, as we as we mentioned there, is, is clearly our the shooting. The team shooting overall is um, absurdly low compared to the best shooting team, which is the Rangers, at uh, an ungodly 12.9%. Uh, incidentally, neither of these numbers is sustainable. Theirs is going to go down. Ours, I really hope, is going to go up because yikes. I hope so, too. It can't get much worse. Like, I'm looking at it, and the league average is approximately 9%. So What's ours again? Uh, but ours is 6.89. Wow, it's not that good. We're talking about, we could be looking potentially, if we get a, a, a decent correction here, going back to about, going up by about 2% on our shooting. So um, that could be good. <laughs> um, so for example, if we have shot at 9%, our total shots for is eight, 827. Hmm. All right. So we have low shots, although it seems like some games we have like huge amounts of shots on goal. We're talking about shot percentage, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, just so I was could finish that thought. Sorry to do the math. We've got 59 goals for. Um, were we shooting at approximately league average? We would be looking at 74 to 75 goals for, um, which would incidentally push us um, above the Habs. <laughs> mm. We only have um, 69 goals for. So the Bruins are putting a shit ton of rubber on net, which is good. They're not putting very much rubber in. That's bad. That is very bad. It is. Why do we have any clue yeah, why? I mean, the big thing the numbers look so bad is that we have our two biggest shooters right now. Both having taken 77 shots on goal are uh, not, not doing so hot. Tori Krug is shooting a um, outstanding award-winning 1.3%. And Patrice Bergeron is shooting 5.2. Now, how much of that for Patrice is that he's feeding... Well, he's not getting a lot. He's only got three. He's, he's only got seven, three assists. Mm. Yeah, I don't see Patrice. It's a funny one because um, I don't really fully understand how he's not getting assists on Marchand and Pasternak start scoring. Well, he's doing the other things, I guess. I, I, it has to be. And I've postulated that before in this space, but you still should be seeing some secondary assists in there. I mean, the only thing that I could think of maybe is that the quality isn't there. And I have no way of really quantifying that. But maybe just they're just not getting the quality chances that and that's the reason why that you know they're not going in but I mean, you know some people certainly are because you look at well you know pasta and dom moore are shooting at just over 19 percent. wow even dom moore dom moore yes. is funny he's um, ranked quite high in our in our in our in our scoring at you know he's got a he's got nine points now just as we all predicted of course but he's only top taking 30 31 shots everyone else anywhere else need the almost every, everyone else in the top eight has at least 49 shots which is uh ryan spooner's total right now yeah well I mean, he's also not on the ice as much as they are either, right? Oh, absolutely. I, I'm, I'm just he's, saying... He's making the most of his time on the ice. Well, you see, and that's the thing, is that we can't expect him to keep shooting like that, just like we shouldn't expect Treese and, well, Krug's another matter altogether we talked about two weeks ago to, to, to keep shooting like that. They keep shooting these the, the, this low percentages. They're putting a lot of rubber on that, and more of it should be going in. Do you think that Patrice is still nursing a little bit of an injury? I think so. I, I can't imagine how he's not with only seven points <laughs> on in 22 games. You know, I mean, it's one thing to win face-off, it's another thing to be able to he's, skate and shoot. You know what I mean? He's skating. He's shooting. He's driving. He's driving positive percentages, but he's not putting it in. Right. One. We never. We never knew what his what he was out for before, did we? No. It was speculated that it was an ankle, and it was a nagging ankle injury from last year. And remember, early last year, he had some problems with his ankle too. And I think what he did was he just played through it. Now, what I'm wondering though, based on his shooting, you know, it's very similar. To, well, you know, Tory Krug last year. So I'm wondering if it's actually a wrist or shoulder or elbow or something. Yeah, because yeah, he's losing he'd be losing power somewhere on the shot. And then I mean that's causing it to not go in. That split second of 
difference can be the difference. Maybe it's a new injury then, because he was walking around in like a an air Oh, cast. that's right. Yeah, yeah. He had the, he had right. the boot on. Yeah, so it could be a new injury that is, well, either A, not diagnosed, or B, not looked at as being very serious, or C, that he's kind of just going to play through. You know, the good thing is, because he's Bergy, even though he's not scoring, he's still doing Bergy things, things and that's fantastic. But and his line mates are scoring pretty well, too. But I that mean, means that he's not scoring people up and down the roster need to be doing more. And uh, that's where pro- things really start to be a problem. You know, five points from Matt Bolesky, one point from Jimmy Hayes. Yeah, that, that third line just... Six points, from, six points from from Chara. Zarnik, who they're, Zarnik only at five points himself right now, so it's not like he's playing that well, that much better in that, in that role than anyone he's been playing with or what Spooner would be doing there. But, you know, and, this is Zarnik's first year up, and yeah. you know how yeah, it is. My, my, my point is, though, my point is that third line, in general, your third line is supposed to be at least the way this this team's rolled the last few years. And maybe this was just a luxury by virtue of having Louis Erickson. We had the Bergie line, mm-hmm. we had the Krejci scoring line, and then we had scoring line B, which was you know variously centered by Soderberg and Spooner, depending on what point in the timeline we're here. Right. Um, our third line's not doing that. Um, whatever combination you seem to throw at the wall, it lately isn't. And again, this sort of goes back to you know even if he's not going to be a scorer wonderkind himself, getting Frank Vitrano back will at least fix the at least slow down the line blender. Wunderkind. Yes. <laughs> Uh, Yes, no, no. Um, I want Frankie to come back because that will bring some sense of normalcy and shooting and scoring, hopefully. Even Brad only has seven goals this year. I mean, granted, he's got a lot of assists, more assists this year, and Pasternak's is up. His scoring's up. Brad's shooting percentage is a little low for him, but it's it's climbing this week, right? Last week we were talking about how low it was. Now it's at 10.9. In previous years, it's only two or three percentages higher usually. So yes, he's still shooting undershooting but it's it's improving he's trending back I, I'm not worried about Brad. I don't not know a, why. I, I just, like, I, I have a feeling about him that he's going through, like, a little bit of a valley, and he's going to perk right up. I don't think he's going to be, what would what did he score last year, 37 goals or something ridiculous? Yeah. I don't think he's going to be 37 goals this year, but I think that he his goal... His, I, I his think goal he, total he, might go up anyway, because based on the way he's been getting assists. Yeah, he, right. I, he'll score somewhere between 20 and 30 goals, maybe, maybe 31. He's on pace for about 23 right now, I think. I did the math before the show, which but, is... Yeah. is it's on the lower end for him, but not really. It's yeah. He just had a Brad phenomenal a year goal, last year. That is a perennial twenty goal scorer. Yeah, he had a phenomenal Full year stop. last year, and yeah. I, I think that it really just. I, I wonder how much of it was just overachieving. Um, but he, I mean, well, remember he shot under his previous averages last year. He just shot a shit ton, and yeah. right now his shot rates are down a little bit. He's at sixty four shots on, on goal so far. So, but is it and his percentage is down. So who knows how to really read that in this case? Yeah, yeah. he's on pace for twenty three and forty six this year. That would still be his. I think that would be his highest scoring season. Yeah, it'd be 69 points. Yeah, nice. I, I think that uh, Pasta's going to drop down. I mean, he's going to come down to earth a little bit more. I would love him to just keep scoring at the space, uh, pace that he is, and even more, but he's going to drop down a little bit, and that's and that's fine, because he's shown like a, a great big improvement this year. He's 20. <laughs> you know? I mean, it's it's great, amazing. What I'm really worried about is that Krejci line. Well, here's the thing about that. Krejci's been getting better. You know, Krejci started really rough, and we talked about this last week as well, or maybe the week before. I don't remember when, but he's still holding position as third leading scorer, 15 points. It's a little low for him, but if you look at the last couple weeks, that's when a lot of it's been happening. Yes. He seems to be working through finally getting back on back in, in, into game form. 
but his wingers have been carousel. inconsistent. Yeah. Um, I, mean, I want to see that line. I want Frankie back because I want to see that line. Krejci, Vitrano, Bacchus, probably. Bacchus, yeah. I like Bacchus there. You know why? Because, um, one, he, he kind of gets down and, and, and scores something dirty, you know, gets his stick on something and, and, and is responsible for some scoring. So that's nice. But I also like a big guy. I like a big guy on that line. Uh, also, in terms of skill sets, maybe not specifics. That Sorry, it's sort of agreeing with you here. That line, that construction would be similar to the Krejci, Louis, Pasta line last year. The wings are reversed in terms of what they do. And again, Louis and Bacchus are not the same player, but they both do, you know, dirty dirty area stuff. I want to look at Bacchus as being maybe a little less brutish than uh, Lucic, but still having the kind of size and ability to impose his will. I agree, but again, he doesn't, he goes down net front and stuff. That's not, that's not Lucic's turf. Lucic was a shooter, not a garbage man. Well, yeah, okay, but you can see what I'm saying. It doesn't yeah, have to be I the agree exact same. I agree you on, on getting the size on that line is good. And I'm just saying in terms of what they do on the ice, not, not the details, but in broad strokes. Yes. Toronto Krejci back his line is not entirely dissimilar from the Krejci line as constructed last year. Shooter, mucker, disher. Face puncher. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know what? I don't want to see fights all the time. Okay, I, I don't want to see that. But I like to see a big guy out there that you know. It's like if you're gonna start some shit, he's gonna be like, oh yeah, you wanna? Like, do you really want to do that? You think really hard about that. That's what I like. I like people who don't have to do it. They just kind of impose their their will a little bit. Like, really think about that. And and Bacchus is not afraid to to do punchy face stuff if he needs to or wants to or if the person deserves it enough. I'd like to point out one thing about Bacchus too. He's on pace for. 23 and 19, which is 42 points, which is pretty much Bacchus. And pe- I mean, people <laughs> I mean, complaining is, about is that it. Sort of, what that does say, that's just not a $6 million uh, stat line. And I think that's the real problem. He is a little overpaid here. but He is, but you know what? I'm willing to look at this year as like the get to know you year. And then next year, things are going to get better. He'll also be 33, though. He's going the wrong direction there. Shut up. <laughs> just just be optimistic. For I, can, I can remember, I, I'd like Bacchus and I want him to succeed. I'm just not I'm not thrilled with a lot of what I've seen yet. All right, all. David Backus, like seriously, get 50 points this year. I don't care how you do it. Just get please, 50 pr- points. Please please make me happy with you. Yeah. <laughs> he is shooting a little bit under his career percentage. His career percentage is 12 and a half and he's shooting at 12% right now. It's a little bit lower, but get down there and muck and score more points so that Jeff can just be quiet about the 6 million dollars. Oh, and he's actually shooting at a shot rate that he hasn't shot it since 11-12, so okay, cool. Look, He's at 50 shots in 20 games, so that's like you know a pace for that's a pace for about 200. If over 200 shots, he hasn't come approached that since 20 since 2011. So basically, he's having the same problem that everybody else is having, just not making the connection. And but he's shooting so close to his average. That's I don't particularly want to make that conjecture at that point. He's just he's he's backusing. Okay. (laughs) You know what? I'm not even going to try to convince you anymore. I'm just going to say Tim and I will have our own personal little David Backus fan club. All right. Yeah, that's fine. I love I love me some Backus. You know, uh, apparently I, I love him for his charity work and that he says smart things. And I love that he wears 42. And I really hope that he's a Hitchhiker's Guide fan. I really do. Yeah, I, if you're going to be 42, you'd better be. I would think so. Like, you have to, like, kind of really own that number. And know- there, you're going to find people all through playing is like, no, I want 42 for this reason. So you have to be, you know, be committed to that number. I'm pretty committed to that number.
remember. I'm not wearing Bacchus today. I don't know. Can you see it? It's yep, Ben I Jarvis do. Green Ellis. Law I'm wearing firm. 42. Law Firm. I love Law Firm. Yeah, I wore Bacchus yesterday too. But my shirt has gotten a little, it looks older than it is. It's kind of crazy. Three. It looks like an E, but it's a three. <laughs> I couldn't tell if it was a five or a three. <laughs> the digital readout. Who is three? Winston. Oh, I haven't worn my Brady jersey in forever. I don't know why. I just wanted to wear a t-shirt and a sweater today. So anyway, we're waiting for Frankie V. Krejci is getting better and Bacchus is going to win over Jeff at some point. He is. You guys can see how Jeff's smiling on the inside. Now, something else has come up this week. We talked about last week how it's obvious the team is going to trade Ryan Spooner. It's it's, it's painfully obvious this team is, is going to is, is going to move on from, from Ryan Spooner. And uh, hockey babblers are starting to say this as well. Oh. It, um, uh, yesterday on Hockey Night in Canada, Elliot Friedman mentioned, like, yeah, Ryan Spooner and he seems to think that there's something that there could be something there in Vancouver. What exactly Vancouver oh. want, I don't know. Um, oh. With the exception of Brandon Tanev, but a uh, right shot defenseman actually is not one of our needs this right, right now, despite, you know, Brandon Tanev would be, yes, if you have the opportunity to get Brandon Tanev, you take Brandon Tanev. But Chris Tanev, Brandon Tanev's the other one. There are two tenants. Anyway, his brother, who uh, signed out of peace at Providence College with uh, Winnipeg last year at the end of the end of Providence's season, um, uh, Brandon is a forward. So I meant to say it's Tanif. We can only have one Brandon. Make sure we get the right Tanif. Yes. Yes, really. Um, so yes, but otherwise God. there isn't really anything in Vancouver I would want besides Chris Tanif. And it seems so mean to send Ryan Spooner to Vancouver. I mean, he could go play with Louie. That's not selling me anyway. And then anyway, so they weren't the almost to say it. Um, uh, Bruce Garriock of the Ottawa Sun also just sort of commented, Ryan Spooner's out there. Also saying the Bruins would like to, we would like to part ways with Jimmy Hayes. No shit. <laughs> and who the fuck's gonna take him? If Ryan Spooner went to Ottawa, he'd ba- basically be. Oh, uh, that home. was just you know, the Bruce Garrick was just saying that in sort of a general chatter. He's like, these are pl- sort of a general. These are are things that are supposedly on the move around the league in general, not necessarily coming to Ottawa. I guess I don't want to speculate about who we could go after, who we could trade him to. So I guess where do they should they? Not should when they trade Ryan Spooner. What sort of player? What position? What sort? What skill set do we want to see out of the return? Do we have a major hole on this team that we expect to need to trip fill by, by by way of trading Ryan Spooner? We're always talking about defense, but the defense is holding. Yeah, and again, yeah. a fully healthy defense properly put together is. I mean, is, it, it's like you, you look at the defense and you just go, "Really? That's what we got?" But it, it's keeping it together somehow. It's just, uh, you know, it's. A stronger right D than McQuaid or Chiller, maybe? Yeah. Or Lyles is not looking to come back particularly soon from this concussion. A left a better lefty than Morrow. Yeah, I mean, that's the only thing I can think of. I mean, I, I just don't think that you're going to look for... Because we're not trading Spooner until such a time as, as Vitrano's coming back, presumably. And with Vitrano back, both Sp- Spooner's traded at this point. You're looking at, you know, a Krejci, Vitrano, Bacchus, Berkey, Marshy, Pasta. Third line of Bolesky, Nash, and Zarnik in some sort of configuration. And then fourth line that we've enjoyed so much of more uh, of more Achari and, uh, and Schaller. So, I don't... This team needs scoring, but I don't see us needing a focus if that right. makes any sense whatsoever. No, no, it, it makes total sense to me. I honestly was like, I, I don't really want to forward, and we've been identifying for a long time now that the defense is probably where we want to fill a hole, but I, I, I you know, it's it's so weird because I never thought at this point in the season I would say, hey, you know what? Defense is holding up a lot better than I thought it would be because if it weren't, we'd be being blown out all the time, wouldn't we? Yeah, the defense, again, Rask has been otherworldly, but we're not getting smokes in other games anyway i've been talking about the defense singularly as the unit itself not team defense do you think that Bergie's 
spending a little more time on team defense than he is doing other things. I mean, that's part of his burden. He's still general. Remember, he's still shooting a ton, right? He's still he's right. still tied for the lead in the team in shots. So he's he's doing things in the offensive zone, just you know, not converting. Yeah, there's just something going on. We don't know what it is. Yeah. Okay. All right. I, I was just putting that out there because it's like I, I I am so incredulous about how the defense is holding up right now that I'm looking for other reasons why it's holding up. It shouldn't. We're playing you know? both. We're playing both Kevin Miller and Adam McQuaid on the roster at the same time that also includes Chiller and Morrow on the same pairing. And a rookie! A fucking rookie! And our only... Our has only, come and stolen our hearts! Our only non-shitty veteran is three feet tall. <laughs> Hyperbole. But... You know, I mean, it's it's amazing. I, I can't believe it. It's like, you know, I know that at some point, you know, the defense is going to let in like five goals or like the whole team's going to let in five goals and it's going to be a shit fest and then we're going to complain about it. But I mean, right now, I we're 25 games in. I never thought I would say, hey, you know what? The defense is doing pretty good. So, you know, I have to I have to say like, and this is why, you know, when it happened last year, when they, when they let go, when they um uh, when they fired the assistant coaches. Buddha. Oh, and, so, yeah. And, and uh, um. Jarvis? Jarvis. The Dugs. Yes. Oh, Doug yeah, Huda, the Dugs. Doug Huda was doing our def- defense work. Yep. We bring in Cassidy and Jay Pandolfo. Clearly, whichever one of them is truly managing the uh, de- the defensive structure. Cassidy. Gets this team. Gets this, this, this Franken roster. Cassidy. It's Cassidy. It's Cassidy because he's a defense guy. And he was like that. And it, he was a good choice for Providence because he and Claude very much fit together. Similarly in thought anyway. That's what it is. Well, Claude and, 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 and Pandolfo is also a defensive forward. He was a runner up for um, uh, for the Selkie a few times younger when he was younger as well. So it's Cassidy. Point being, they're both contributing here. Cassidy. <laughs> 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 I feel like being a child about this. Okay, listeners, yes, you both- only see her. You only see her gestures and face while she said Cassidy the last time. There, I look like I was four years old, which coincidentally I am. Anyway, yes, um, yes, you're right. They're both contributing. But yeah, so this this assistant coaching change has to be part of it. Oh yeah, because this defense should be more. This subtraction of Seidenberg should not have made this defense this much better. Oh, I worded that very carefully for you, VA. <laughs> Yeah, I know. It still hurts. But then I have Brandon Carlo. It's yeah, better. Because that was the big thing. The only real cha- the only changes on this defense were removing Seidenberg and adding Carlo. That's a huge overall change shift between the pair. Yeah, about 15 years. <laughs> 14. Oh, well, not change. even just in terms of age, right? But so it's a uh, that but that's only a one personnel swap. So obviously there's more to it. It has to be a systems change. <laughs> well, of course. I think we've talked about that before. We just haven't talked about it in a while. But yeah, I mean, whatever it is. Did you think at 25 games in you'd go yeah that defense is fine it's not great it's fine and i'm still waiting for the house of cards for it to, for it to fall apart like a house of cards but it keeps not doing it and i'm okay and i'm not just okay with that i'm ecstatic about that i'm gonna I'm tell just, you when it's gonna happen don't don't i know you're about to say it don't say it <laughs> if, it was, if it was if it was gonna be during if it was gonna be a month that rhymes with smarch don't say it nope nope that's not it that's not it i have a very specific game i'm gonna tell you when it's gonna fall apart please don't like, say it's december 20th please don't say it's december 20th no 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 I'm, and it's not even, it's not going to be a full thing. We're just going to see the flaws. Okay. I'm going to tell you when it is. Ready? It is December 18th. It could even be earlier. It could be the 15th. And I'm not, oh, oh, that, that sounds bad. That's not bad for the Islanders game. The, the Islanders game, they're going to fix things and it's going to be fine. The but once, shit too. Um. <laughs> but I'm, I'm telling you, once we, we see like the Kings or the Ducks or something, we're going to see what's oh, going to happen. Ducks are the second day of a back-to-back after play, playing the Pens the night before. Yeah. So, so. So, so listen to me. I'm not.
not saying it's a complete falling apart. We're just going to see the flaws, okay? We're going to see those games are always messy and shitty for us. And it's just going to be like it's been the last couple of years where the games get shitty. Yeah. I could you be completely wrong. The ducks, and, the ducks and Kings at home are not the worst games. It's when we're out. It's when they're in their, in, in their barns or when things are ugly for the Bruins particularly. Well, I'm just saying, though. Just look for that to happen then. If I'm right, I'm only going to have the satisfaction in being right. I'm going to feel shitty about it in a way, but a slight satisfaction. But if I'm, if I'm wrong, great. Like most of the time I'm wrong about these things. So, but I just have a feeling that's when it's going to, we're going to see the flaws and we're going to go, ah, oh. but the 20th, they're going to be fine because the Islanders are terrible. Oh, the Kings are the fourth of a, just a March of a week of just gonna, games that are going to be tough. Yep. Habs yep. ends Anaheim on the second night of a back-to-back and then the Kings. Yep. Yep. So, so I'm just saying that's when we're going to see it and it's not going to fall apart completely. It's just going to, we're going to see the flaws and we're going to come back down to earth a little bit and then it's going to get better and Char will be back by that. So it could even totally not happen, but it will go on record that I said this shit. And then when it and, doesn't happen, yeah. you can tell me that I was wrong. Looking at the schedule, I see where you're coming from. It's like, yeah, Ooh. <laughs> See, occasionally I am smart. Occasionally I'm smart. I mean, I'm very smart about a lot of things or a fair number of things. But hockey things, I'm not always very smart on. This, I just feel like that's what's going to happen. So basically what we've arrived at is Bruins are shooting a lot. They're just not getting it in. It's- just got to grind it out and get Frank Vetrano back. Get Frank Vetrano back. See what happens there. Hold defense. Please hold defense. Tuca, just keep standing on your head, I guess. That sounds great. Just do it all season. You too, Toby. Yeah. And then, you know, every Everything's going to be great. Okay. Perfect. We worked it all out. Excellent. I'll uh, write that number for Claude after, after the show. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you do that. All right. So why don't we talk about Burn Necessities? Okay. So it's, uh, it's a busy week. Four games. We got uh, tomorrow against uh, the, against the Fancy Cats. Wow. Oh. Wednesday, oh. rivalry night against the Caps, which that'll be ugly because of fucking Braden Holtby. Um, it's going to be awful. And hope, yeah, and then Thursday against against the Avs, who are awful. So that'll be a nice bounce back, even if it's the second night of a back to back. And then Saturday uh, at the Leafs against against the Leafs at home. Yep, it's a lot of games. It is uh, three of them are home though. Yeah, that means only, anything. Uh, that's only good. the Caps games away. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So basically, get your alcohol in order by seven o'clock tomorrow for the whole week. Oh, and yeah. people aren't going to hear this until like Wednesday. So hopefully, you got your alcohol together in time. For and if this. not, you got a lot of drinking to have made up for at that point. Yes, it's going to be a rough week, bumpy. So who wants to go first? Well, I've uh, went back to the old favorite. I got myself a bottle of Ballantines, my old hockey scotch. Treats how me much, right. How much did that put you back? Forty bucks. Uh, yeah, forty bucks for a forty ounce bottle. So it's a ah yes. It's a unit okay. that doesn't tend to come in the states, but yeah, so liter and a half size ish, or a little over a liter rather. Ah, okay. Oh, so it's almost like a bigger man. than a fifth, smaller than a handle. Yes. size in Canada. Okay, okay, okay. Well, I'm just curious. You know, I don't it's know. Why I use that for my hockey scotch, and it's quite smooth for cheap blends. Um, certainly better than Johnny Walker Red or Famous Grouse, both of which are awful. Mm-hmm. Do you just drink it straight, or do you put something in it? Ice. Okay, so I, yeah. I'm and sorry. I drink, straight. I drink, the, I drink the bad scotch on the on the rocks, um, whereas good scotch I would not put it on the rocks. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, I've learned about scotch. Like it, it is situational. Like there are some good scotches that you put like a little bit of water in. Most scotches a drop open. It really opens it. Like they just recommend you take one little sip, add the drop of water and then go back around and go back for another sip and just you can see the difference it just just did i i did not tell you that i went on a distillery tour because i love distillery tours right and i mentioned something about bourbon but huh mentioned bourbon but uh, oh yes yes i went on a bourbon distillery tour it was the evan williams experience and it was like kind of 
interactive. And then at the end, you sit at this table and you pull up a plank and it opens up into your samples. And you can, they have Kentucky water, like in this like little dropper, like a, like a bottle of the dropper, because it's filtered through the limestone and it's so pure and wonderful. And it actually, Kentucky, uh, the Louisville water is A-OK. It tastes really, really nice. The limestone it should be like really, really hard. But... It should be, but it tastes so good. I, I don't get it. But anyway, um, and by the way, if you're in Louisville, go to the sidebar, uh, get yourself a burger, a burger and a bourbon. Oh, fantastic. Anyway, bourbon. Uh, and you can do this with other things like it. You take it, you put it under your nose, and then you breathe in through your mouth, not through your nose. And you can just, it all comes up and you can really get the, 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 the notes. It's really awesome. So do that with your scotch. Not the scotch. Next time I have a good scotch. <laughs> Okay. Well, anyway, yes, I learned how to do that. I did not le- know how to do that before. Anyway, um, I'll just talk about my my uh, bare necessities now. Uh, we I haven't been able to drink very much, which has been a shame because I've been injured or sick or whatever. But I did have a finger of bourbon the other night. It was the oh, it was so nice. I sipped it very very slowly, and it kind of opened up my lungs a little bit. It was very nice. Well, it's Michter's. It's Michter's uh, small batch bourbon. Very very nice. Very smooth sublime caramel notes very nice for sipping while watching a game or eating a burger or whatever i had that down in louisville and my husband was so nice to walk in to the house the other day with a bottle of it he found it at the same place that we got the stout which is in season i think gotta find it somewhere you know the narragansett coffee milk stout <gasps> that stout okay you said yes. the stout. Uh, okay. yeah 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 no yeah no 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 like that's got to be coming out soon so um i'm gonna get some of that too at some point um i still have a little more beer but i'm gonna enjoy a little bit of bourbon uh and i also got this really neat stuff raspberry cider made by amish wedding it's not a hard cider it's just cider like regular cider i got some of that because we were down in tennessee and that's what you do so i got some of that um yeah so i know okay so that wasn't super interesting to you guys whatever guys suck (laughs) a little bit (laughs) tim yeah um i changed it up a little bit just because i don't know kind of felt like it and did twisted tea half and half because it's just alcoholic arnold palmer Mm. I kind of felt like that. So rather than buying hard alcohol and actual Arnold Palmer, got twisted tea half and half. I find it ironic that you have an alcoholic Arnold Palmer because I think he created the drink because he was giving up drinking. Oh. <laughs> they actually make an alcoholic version of Arnold Palmer. I've seen like, I've only seen it in like 34 ounce jugs and it's got like him you know the whole same label and everything but it's just got alcohol in it but i couldn't find any of the uh jugs this time around so i just went with just team half and half so we're probably gonna wrap up the show you can find us on soundcloud on facebook on twitter all at barely on topic um we're on Google Play now and on Stitcher, on Donner, on Blitzen, all that stuff. If these are things, they aren't really things. But anyway, you did we get anything? I don't think we got anything really special from last week. Nobody really talked to us or anything. Oh, the Zambonis! The Zambonis! 
said something really positive about us being on point and focused, and I just about laughed because we're we are barely on topic most of the time. Say, were, they, were they talking about anything specific, or were you just sort of you know? Sort of it was like, just a compliment. It? it was it was a nice. Somebody said something nice about us. I don't believe uh, at yes at Nick Baggio at DJVA seventy three at barely on topic. You fellas are focused. We like that concept. We also like the word obsessed. C- nice job. Thank you, Zambonis. Well, that was very nice of you to say that. Oh, excellent. Like, Jeff, you should appreciate all the time that you get to spend with me and Tim because you never know. Something could, I don't know. Anyway. I'm not dying. Not you. I was just pointing out there's like, we've recorded a long time. How much of that's actual show? <laughs> oh, is that for you to worry about? No, I'm, I'm looking out for you. Oh, okay. All right. All right. I, I was wondering why it told me how, what the time was. I was like, okay, that's cool. Whatever. Okay. So we talked about. Tim takes out. Word.